कुंज बिहारी गोपीजन गिरिवर धारी यशोदानंदन व्रजजन रंजन जमुना तीरावनचारी जय राधमाधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधमाधव कुंज बिहारी गोपीजन बल्लभ गिरिवर धारी जय गोपीजन बल्लभ गिरिवर धारी यशोदानंदन व्रजजन रंजन यशोदानंदन व्रजजन रंजन जमुना तीरावनचारी जमुना विष्णुपदाय कृष्ण पृष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी नितिनामिने नमस्ते सरस्वती देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पाश्चत्तादिशतारिणे शील प्रभुपाद की जाए श्री श्री गौरताय की जाए श्री श्री जगन्नाथ बलदेव सुभद्रा महारानी की जाए समवेत भक्तवृंद की जाए गौर प्रेमानंदे हरे हरे गौ ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते 
ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय So I was wondering on what verse I would give the class. So Prema Sindhu just suggested on the instructions of Prahlad Maharaj. So I said, okay, get the seventh canto. We got the seventh canto and I just opened the verse. So I'll discuss on that. This is from seventh canto, seventh chapter. This chapter is entitled as what Prahlad learned in the womb. Actually, Prahlad Maharaj received the instructions from Narada Muni when he was in his mother's womb. That shows that spirit soul's consciousness, the consciousness is not limited to the body. The consciousness is actually pertaining to the spirit soul. And spirit soul can be conscious in any condition. Uh, whether in the mother's womb or whether in this manifested nature in a, in a material body or even without a material body. Mm. Actually the real consciousness comes from the spirit soul. Mm. So yeah, what Prahlad Maharaj learned in the womb mm. and from this, we should actually learn a very important lesson. That important lesson is that our actual identity is not this body. The consciousness is not pertaining to the body. Rather, as long as the consciousness is there in the body, the body is alive. When the spirit soul leaves the body, the body becomes unconscious, body becomes inert, body becomes dead. So Prahlad Maharaj is describing what he learnt in the womb, when he was in the womb of his mother. And this is the text 23, I just opened it and once Prabhupada told me that the scriptures are like an ocean of nectar. So wherever you drink from, it will be nectar. <laughs> So we notice that, we just open any page and it's nothing but nectar. So full of informations, so much to learn, so much to meditate upon. So I open that text 23, 7th canto, 7th chapter, text 23. Dehastu sarva sanghato jagat tasthu riti dvidha Atraiva mrigya purusho neti neti tatat tyajan. Deha, the first word is dehastu. So it's a sandhi, conjunction of two words, deha and tu. Then the question may arise that where did the S come from? Deha and tu became Dehastu because the Vishwarga at the end of Deha Deha that is ending with Vishwarga when Vishwarga comes before an alphabet then the Vishwarga becomes S 
So, deha, I am sorry, uh, consonant, huh? it becomes s, like deha to dehas to. Mm. Mati to matistu. Mm. Matistu Krishna, huh? you have heard that word. Uh, and <coughs> dehas to, uh, Deha means the body, tu means but. Sarva Sanghataha, the combination of all 24 elements. Sarva Sanghata, the combination of all 24 elements. Jagat, seen to be moving. Material nature is called Jagat. What is the meaning of the word Jagat? Huh? Jagat is universe. But what is the literal meaning of the word Jagat? The word Jagat means Gachati Iti Jagata. Gachati means moving. Moving, therefore it is Jagat. So Prabhupada translated uh, Jagat as, not as the universe, Jagat as seen to be moving. Uh, it seen to be moving, it appears to be moving. This material nature, everything is moving, isn't it? Mm. Moving on time. Mm. Before we have said move of the moving, <laughs> the time is gone. Uh. So this is how material nature is constantly moving. Therefore, this material, another name of material nature is Jagat. Mm. Seen to be moving, Tushtaha, and standing up in one place. Tushtu, Tashtu, I'm sorry. Tashtu, and standing in one place. Mm. This also, mm, is coming from the root word tishtha. Tishtha, ti, tishtha means to situate it. Uh, and tatastu, uh, uh, I mean tastu, uh, tastu is standing in one place. Material nature moves, seems to be moving, but it's standing at one place. Iti, das, didha, two kinds. Atra eva, in this matter, mriga, to be searched for. Hmm. Mriga means to search for. Purushaha, the living entity, the soul. Na, not. Iti, das. Na, not. Iti, das. Iti, in this way, atat. What is not spirit? Tat is tat means that. So here, that that what is that? That is the spirit soul. And atat means that is not spirit. Atat, what is not spirit? Tiajan, giving up. 
So translation by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada, there are two kinds of bodies for every individual soul. In the, we have two kinds of material bodies. Every individual soul has two kinds of material bodies. A gross body made of five gross elements and a subtle body made of three subtle elements. Within this bodies, however, is the spirit soul. One must find the soul by analysis, saying, this is not it, this is not it. Thus, one must separate spirit from matter. So, the way to separate spirit from matter is, this is not it, this is not it. Searching for spirit. Is the spirit? Is the spirit soul? Is the spirit soul? Huh? What will be the answer? No. So what is the spirit soul? The spirit soul is beyond this material nature. This is how the thinkers go on searching. The Munis. <coughs> Munis means thinkers. And in a way they are speculators. They are speculating. Speculating the soul. Is this a soul? Huh? And they won't say just reject it right like that. They'll think and think and think. Then they'll come to the conclusion. After all, it's not the soul. Like in a simple way we can consider that when we are fast asleep, am I aware of this body? Is this body? Am I aware of this body? But am I existing? So doesn't that prove that I am not this body? Because I exist even beyond this body. Am I the mind? That's a tough one. Because many people think, even in the 11th canto, Krishna is saying that many people think, many of the thinkers think that the mind is the soul. And nowadays, especially when sometimes we find that people have difficulty accepting that mind is not the soul. They kind of, they think mind is the soul. Who is thinking that is the soul? But there also we see that when the mind is not active, still we exist. That we may not see, our, realize ourselves because the consciousness is flowing through the mind. Uh, like, you see, wakeful state, sleep state. Body is not functioning. Mm. But still we are existing, we are dreaming. Who is dreaming? The mind is dreaming. The body is not, that is not happening in the physical, gross physical plane, but it is happening in the subtle platform. But then we see that when the mind is also not active, we are in deep sleep. Do we exist? When the mind is not acting in deep sleep, 
then also we are existing. So that means we are beyond mind. Mm. And in this way, uh, these philosophers, the thinkers, they keep on speculating. And neti neti. Na iti, na iti. Not this, not this. But the problem is, with this not this, not this speculation, they come to ultimately Brahman realization. Hmm. Their understanding goes up to Brahman realization. Gyanis come to Brahman realization. Yogis come to Paramatma realization. And devotees come to Bhagavan realization. Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti Shabdati. Okay, so please repeat after me. There are two kinds of bodies for every individual soul. A gross body made of five gross elements. And a subtle body made of three subtle elements. Within these bodies, however, is the spirit soul. One must find the soul by analysis saying this is not it this is not it thus one must separate spirit from matter purport by Srila Prabhupada as previously stated Swarnam Jatha Grabosu Hema Kara Kshetreshu Jogoistad Abhigya Apnuyat. An expert in the study of soil can find out where gold is and then dig there. He can then analyze the stone and test the gold with nitric acid. Similarly, one must analyze the whole body to find within the body the spirit soul. In studying one's own body, one must ask himself whether his head is his soul, his fingers are his soul, his hand is his soul, and so on. In this way, one must gradually reject all material elements and the combinations of material elements in the body. Then, if one is expert and follows the Acharya, he can understand that he is the spirit soul living within the body. The greatest Acharya Krishna begins his teachings in Bhagavad Gita by saying, Dehinushmin Jatha Dehe Komaram Jobanam Jara Tatha Dehantara Praptir Dhirastatranamuyati. As the embodied soul continuously passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age, the soul similarly passes into another body at death. The self-realized soul is not bewildered by such a change. The spirit soul possesses the body and is within the body. This is the real analysis. The soul never mixes with the body's elements. Although the soul is within the body, it is separate and always pure. One must analyze and understand his self. This is self-realization. Neti-neti is the analytical process of rejecting matter. 
by expert conducting by expertly conducting such an analysis one can understand where the soul is one is to one is one who is not expert however cannot distinguish gold from earth not the soul from the body so here we are getting a very important instruction that <coughs> every living entity has two bodies one is a gross body and the other is a subtle body now who has these two bodies the soul actually soul is the source of consciousness and the consciousness first flows through the subtle body through the mind mind is the medium through which the the consciousness flows and then there are two other subtle factors intelligence and false ego with these three elements this subtle material body is made up and according to the subtle material body the mat- the material nature awards us a gross material body this material body is a gift of nature it is not created by us we have been placed according to our subtle body the soul in the subtle body through his action the the through the actions the subtle body takes its shape it is our action that shapes the subtle body like we notice that sometimes we do when we do something good how do we feel when we do something good we feel uh, elated but when we do something bad even though no one saw us doing it how do we feel we feel uh, we feel heavy in the heart so this is how our actions affect our subtle body sometimes we say oh, this man is like an angel what does it mean why do you call somebody an angel when he acts like an angel and don't we sometimes say that oh, that man is like an animal because he acts like an animal now as one acts accordingly his subtle body takes a shape one when man acts like an angel his subtle body takes the shape of an angel and when one acts like an animal the subtle body takes the shape of an animal and then according to that shape of the subtle body material nature places the living entity in a specific womb of the mother it is not just happen chance happening and the material nature places actually <coughs> material nature executes that 
through the agency of the demigods. Demigods are kind of watching us. Karmana Doiva Netrena. The demigods, Doiva Netrena, divine eyes are watching us. According to our Karmana. And Jantor Deho Papattani. And accordingly, a living entity gets his body. So, <clears throat> the gross body that one gets is actually according to one's subtle body. And the subtle body is a result of his activities, karma. Therefore, sometimes we see that somebody is born in a very opulent environment, very son of a very rich man. We have to understand that he got a body like that because of his past karma. It's not that by chance one is born like that. Hmm. So, so the gross body is a gift of nature and the gross body has a specific duration or longevity, tenure. The gross body is meant to live for a hundred years. But for how long one lives is a matter of his action again. So anyway, so at some point the gross body dies, but the subtle body never dies. Hmm. Death is actually relief, freedom. If this body is a source of bondage, then isn't death uh, the synonymous to freedom? liberation. We are freed from this bondage of the gross body. But although we become free from the bondage of the gross body, the subtle body is there. Therefore, we are stuck to this material nature. And as long as we have the subtle body, we will be stuck in this material nature. Because this subtle body will take us from one body to another, one gross body to another gross body. Now, how to get rid of the subtle body? Uh, some people <coughs> think that by pious activities they will be elevated. Yes, <coughs> by pious activities they do become elevated, but they become elevated. The subtle body due to pious activities uh, becomes promoted to higher planets where there are enjoyment. And for sinful activities one goes to the lower planetary systems or animal species of life. That is not freedom. Sometimes due to pious activities one goes to higher planetary system, sometimes due to sinful activities, one goes to a lower planetary system. 
So these pious or impious activities cannot free us from the material bondage. What can free us from the material bondage is Krishna consciousness. Therefore, Krishna consciousness is the only way to become free from the material bondage and go back to the spiritual sky. Why? Because Krishna consciousness is the only thing that can get rid of the subtle body. Uh, Subtle body comprises of uh, what are the three subtle elements, mind, intelligence and false ego. So mind, what is the business of mind? Thinking, feeling and thinking is the function of the mind. Uh, Yeah, okay. Uh, So thinking. When the thinking becomes more intensified, then it's a feeling. When the feeling gets more intensified, then it's willing. (laughs) And then when it is manifested in the gross body, means acting. So business of the mind is to think. Now what the mind is thinking? What is the mind doing? Normally. Dhayate vishayan pungsha. Dragging the senses towards the objects of the senses. And that's the problem. Some objects are pleasurable, some objects are distressful. So the objects that are pleasurable, we say, well, we want that. And the objects that are distressful, we say, we uh, want to get rid of that. We don't want that. That's what is happening. When one sees something beautiful, Oh, it's so beautiful, I want it. And when something is distressful, oh, I want to run away from it. (laughs) That's what is always hmm, a living entity doing. Dhyate Vishayan Pungsha. The mind is causing the consciousness hmm, to flow through the senses to the objects of the senses. And the mind, with the intelligence, deciding. Intelligence is this. I want this. I don't want this. Anyway, mind's business is to think. Now, when the mind thinks about Krishna, then what happens? When the mind thinks about Krishna, mind is spiritualized. And in this way, when one uh, is constantly thinking of Krishna all the time, Teshang Shatata Juktana, Bhajatang Priti Purvakam, Dadami Buddhi Yogam Tam. When one becomes engaged in devotional service in this way, uh, he becomes, Krishna awards him Buddhi Yogam. Buddhi means, uh, 
intelligence. But buddhi yoga means spiritualized intelligence. Uh, basically what intelligence is doing? I want this, I don't want this. I want this, I don't want this. Uh, delving in matter. Uh, dwelling in matter, he is always trying to accept and reject. But when the intel intelligent decides or tells the mind, uh, do it for Krishna, only for Krishna, accept everything for Krishna and reject everything that's not Krishna. Uh, that is the real intelligence. So then this intelligence is Buddhi Yoga, spiritualized intelligence. And when one becomes engaged in serving Krishna, then what happens to the third element, false ego? When one is, when one has become Jibir Sarupai, Sarup, when one is situated in his Swarup, actual identity, where is his false ego? The false ego also disappeared. So the subtle body doesn't die, but the subtle body can be transformed and spiritualized. So that is the uh, that is the way that one can become free from the bondage of the subtle body. <coughs> so you you get the thing living in what is. Uh, Prabhupada is saying in the purport, <coughs> a living entity has two types of bodies, gross body, subtle body. Mm. The gross body uh, at some point dies. Sometimes therefore people think that, oh, at the time of death I will become liberated. Uh, I think the Christians have that concept. At the time of death, I'll be liberated. No. If you have a subtle body full of material desires, then you have to come back. We are not dealing with some accidental happening. We are actually... We are not de dealing with any accidental or chance happening. We are dealing with reality. As long as you have the subtle body, you have to come back. Because the subtle body has to function through gross body. So, time and time again we get a gross body. But not that subtle body always functions through the gross body. Sometimes the subtle body is punished. A spiritual soul, a living entity is punished not to get a gross body. And then, uh, it becomes, it remains as a so, as a ghost. He has a subtle body but no ghost body. Ghost means uh, subtle beings. They are in their subtle bodies. And, <coughs> and that's how they suffer in this material nature. Because why do you need a gross body? Subtle body has desires. Gross body is the fa facility to fulfill those desires. If you don't have a gross body, can you fulfill your desire? 
in a subtle body you have a th- you have thirst right but how do you quench the thirst by drinking water so that is how the ghost body is a suffering condition they have their desires but they cannot fulfill those desires so krishna by the agency of the material nature provides us with a gross body that we can function in this material nature and it's through the gross body that we function our connection to the material nature is through these bodies therefore we have to deal with the subtle body deal with the subtle body means get rid of it and what is the way to get rid of the subtle body only by devotional service yes you have a question pramasindu Yeah, the subtle body, Krishna says, Bhumi upon alo, vayu kamalo. This is my inferior energy. And the spirit soul is the superior energy. So actually, yeah, the subtle body itself is not conscious. It is like like matter, dull matter. It is not consciousness. So, I, I'm trying to understand that the soul is actually having consciousness. As you said, soul is the source of consciousness. This dull mind and the matter, this is all matter just like this computer here or any chair or table so how do we understand that the mind is actually you no know, conscious mind is not conscious the consciousness is flowing through the mind these glasses can these glasses see no huh? but when you put it on then what happens through the glasses i am seeing mm-hmm. i am seeing through the glasses so it's the medium similarly gross and subtle bodies are the medium through which the consciousness is flowing to us in material direction but when we say mind is thinking it is not the mind the soul is thinking the not the soul is thinking the mind is thinking because consciousness is flowing through the mind right but then when you are thinking about krishna then the consciousness is not flowing to through the mind to the material direction then the consciousness is connected there but what actually thinks is the soul right the consciousness. consciousness you see the the thing is that the faculty of thinking is coming from the mind but point is through the mind the con- the consciousness is being projected to the matter and its reaction is there in the mind and that is thinking when the mind is not active the consciousness is not thinking right or one is not thinking mm. okay <laughs> then what happens the way to withdraw it from the mind and project it to krishna then what is happening then you are not thinking you are linked up to krishna you are krishna conscious 
you are seeing what Krishna is doing. You are absorbed in that. Right? In Krishna consciousness, there is no room for me thinking. In Krishna consciousness is being tuned into what Krishna is thinking, what Krishna is doing. That sounds like impersonal. Who is thinking? I mean, who is experiencing? The soul is experiencing. Okay, right. But in the spiritual dimension, it's a soul functioning. In the material dimension, soul, soul is not functioning. Consciousness is being projected mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. through the subtle body and gross body. Yes, that, you know, again, you know, in the 11th canto, Krishna explains that how soul is not affected by all that happenings of the material nature. Right? An example can be given. <coughs> You are wearing a raincoat. Raindrops are falling. You are in the rain. Where is the rain falling? On the raincoat. Are you getting wet? You are in the middle of the rain, but you are not affected by the rain. It is a raincoat that is going through all that. <laughs> Thank you. This topic actually is so fascinating. I always think about it, but somehow Krishna is in such a spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually very happy that, and then actually Premsen Prabhu a wonderful pay for me to start my question. <laughs> so actually, so now we try to understand um, systematically, theoretically, and even intellectually the difference between the matter. And the gross body and the subtle body. So now, we, knowing that, then we start in the devotion service. So, when we're doing the devotion service, <coughs> theoretically, we understand we heard many times you're not the body, you're not the body, you're not the body. So, but still, <coughs> during the sadhaka state, <coughs> still the emotions, the feelings are still there. For example, I have the, the hand pain, for example. So, I know I'm not the body. But the body has issues and that is perceived through the via media from mind and then that gives a pain or pleasure. So when this process, maybe if I can think artificially, though there is no pain, I want to forget. It can lead also in personalism, but there is a fact of acknowledgement. I have to acknowledge yes, this is the body is getting this it's always changing, ever changing. But how do we in it, but at the same time off it? So that's something like, you know, <coughs> um, Understanding that at a little bit higher level, that's a struggle. Like how it's very difficult even to put to my question, but actually, I get your point. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, maybe I can repeat the question. Did it come out? The um, yeah. Okay, so question is heard. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then I don't repeat it. Need to repeat it. Okay, you got an acute pain, intense pain. You are screaming. At that time, by thinking that, well, I am not this body, 
the pain is not going to go away. You are very much your body. (laughs) But then the doctor comes and gives you an injection of morphine. Then the pain disappears. Do you feel the pain at that time? No. You know, I mean at least at that time you are not feeling the pain. Why is that? What did the morphine do? It's actually, it actually acted in the mind. So my <coughs> mind is starting, the mind is actually, the, the senses, master the sense, I mean mind is the master of the senses, the sense objects, so works to the principle. Okay, of let's get into that, that point. What morphine does, or these sedatives do, they numb your sense, your nervous system, right? We have two doctors here. <laughs> it numbs the nervous system. And as a result of that, you know, the consciousness that was flowing through the nervous system is blocked. Mm. That's what morphine does. Deactivate, I mean, you know, uh, inactivates the nervous system. And you don't feel the pain. So now you consider like why it's happening. Hmm. Because the consciousness is flowing through the body, that's why you're feeling the pain. When the consciousness is stopped from flowing from the body, you don't feel the pain. The consciousness is flowing through this nervous system and mind is the internal sense that is registering it. (coughs) But when the nervous system is numbed, then the mind doesn't feel any pain. I mean, register any pain. Now you consider what Krishna consciousness is doing. It's withdrawing your consciousness from matter and projecting it into Krishna. So by morphine, it happened in an artificial way, but with Krishna consciousness, it's happening in a natural way. Now your consciousness is projected onto Krishna. Where is your consciousness? Krishna. To Krishna. What happened to the body? Still there. But Still there. But the consciousness is not really flowing through the body. And then actually what happens? Krishna's consciousness is flowing through the body. And that is the meaning of becoming empowered. You become an instrument in the hand of Krishna. Krishna is using your body. Mm. An example, (coughs) Hanuman is fighting alone against an entire army of Ravana. And there are occasions when three arrows just shot into his head. He is not unaffected. Why? Because his spirit soul is not really the registering the happenings of the body. (coughs) It is Krishna. Now the spirit soul is functioning with Krishna's consciousness. is empowered. 
And that is why he single-handedly can deal with an entire army. Can Krishna do that? Therefore, when a living entity becomes empowered by Krishna, he can do such wonderful things. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for this for the time, but I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So yeah, I'll take you. But sometimes, you know, we see pure devotees, <coughs> as you say, they also have to deal with pain. So how do we understand that part that, you know, like, Prabhupada also... Uh, I never seen Prabhupada screaming in pain. I never seen Prabhupada displaying any sign of pain. Right? <laughs> and that's the meaning of being Krishna conscious. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Suresh? He said that whenever a body organ malfunctions, then we say a person is, is dead, right? We don't say... Bo- not bodies function and organs malfunction. malfunction then it is disease not death okay, when they completely fail. yeah when all the organs fail when the soul leaves the body what's that yeah when the soul leaves the body then the heart stops functioning not only the heart stops functioning all the organs of the body stops functioning Right? Like when the driver comes out of the car. Right? Then what happens? Does the car move? Any part of the car moves? No. But when the driver is sitting in the body and something is not functioning, then he ignites the you know, engine and you get, 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 get the sound and indicating that something is wrong somewhere. Right? <laughs> So, disease is the uh, malfunction of different organs. But death is soul's departure from the body. At a diseased condition, the soul is still in the body. The organs may not function properly. But when the soul leaves the body, all the organs stop functioning. <coughs> yes, Lila Manjali. Your devotee feeling pain. Um, so, is it something like we think that the person is in pain, but actually the pure How do you see the pain actually? The person is, you know, saying. You see, as long another consideration is that <coughs> as long as we have the material body, certain amount of consciousness will be there in this material body. Mm-hmm. To some extent the consciousness will be, but with a pure devotee, is very little consciousness in the body. And with that little consciousness that is in the body, the body may feel some discomfort. Mm. But when the soul is completely Krishna conscious, like uh, then it doesn't feel any. Then he won't feel any pain or any. And Krishna consciousness means shifting the consciousness from body to Krishna. Yeah. <coughs> so you said that 
So we also touched about uh, the dreaming state. So I have, so I have one question. So the dream, <coughs> deep sleep and awake state, and then still sleeping. There's a three state. So as the sometimes uh, the subtle body brings certain situations, incidents happen in the past, mixing different situations. You may not even see that people kind of have seen these kind of situations. But also have a similar incidents like an event for a 24-hour keep and the impressions are there. You may be dreaming about it. Whatever the devotional activities also. So now, here, if I'm sitting here, there's an absence of consciousness. So if Prabhu, like, I'm just giving an example. He, he uh, says something. So maybe I feel bad. Then I can tune my head. <coughs> what he's saying maybe for some reason. I can reason my mind. I try to energize intelligence to take care of the mind, saying that, hey, he's a very good person. He has, he has no intention. I can deal with it. So then I can uh, refrain to, uh, from doing any such bad activities. But I'm in a dream situation, kind of a helpless situation. It brings some situation from somewhere, something, and then I'm forced to act on it, other than witnessing it. But I may be feeling happy and I'm still going through the emotions. But is it kind of a curse? Because even with feeling that in the dream, how <coughs> helpless, there cannot be anything about it. Hmm. Yeah, I hope I got your question. Huh? Let me see. See, in the, in the real state, we are interacting with this world. But in a dream state, we do not really have the facility to, to rectify that situation. Right? We can't do anything about that. We are helplessly. Uh, and sometimes when it is uh, a bad dream, a nightmare, or going through some suffering condition, I'll say it's a light nightmare. Then, is it a result of our past kar bad karma? It's a two things. Yeah, it's a result of it, but there's something we cannot even do. It is yeah. forced to act on it. Okay. Yeah, right. See, uh, that is the, I mean, it's not that you are forced to succumb to that situation is not only happening in the subtle dream platform. It happens also in the gross platform. Right. Like we are ultimately, we are helplessly, you know, situated in this world. Like, you know, some in the, say for example, you are saying that in a dream you are seeing that a tiger has come and attacked you. And that is reality for you. And you can't do anything about it. Right? Whereas, in the gross platform, also can happen. <laughs> a tiger comes and attacks you. Then you can struggle to fight with the tiger or escape from that situation. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, when the tiger comes and attacks you in the gross platform, that is also caused by your karmic reaction. You never really wanted a tiger to come and attack you. Yeah. Right? But it is happening. It is happening due to the karmic reaction. 
you got my point. So just as whatever is happening in the gross platform is a result of your karmic reactions, similarly whatever happens in the subtle platform is also a result of your karmic reaction, right? But the difference, but you know, now we have to consider it in another way. that you see when you are dreaming then you have a situation that you can wake up from the dream and then that situation disappears you are seeing that a tiger attacked you and when you wake up then there is no tiger then you breathe a sigh of relief oh what a relief it was after the dream Right. But there is another situation when you don't have a gross body. Right? When you don't have a gross body, then you don't have any opportunity to wake up. At least now you have a gross body and you can wake up from the dream. But can you imagine, like if you don't have a gross body, then uh, where is the question of waking up to another consciousness? You cannot. And that is what actually happens after death. All that punishment in Jamalaya and all that, you know, is happening in the subtle platform. With the subtle body. The gross body is dead. The Jamadutas now drag the subtle body out of the body. And it is the subtle body goes, that goes through all the sufferings in the hell, in the in Jamalaya. And it's real. Then it's real. Right? And it's hap- but it's happening in the subtle plane. And you go through those experiences. So now, the point is, okay, we have a gross condition, we have a subtle condition. But then we have a spiritual condition. When the spirit soul wakes up in the spiritual consciousness, then the gross and subtle, both the dreams disappear. That's why material nature is considered to be like a dream. But this is a very real dream. This is Mahavishnu's dream. (laughs) That's why whoever is here has to go through the same experience uh, some, and we don't, we are helpless. The div- arrangement, Mahavishnu glanced to the material nature and all these arrangements started to happen. It's real. Guna, Gunai Karmani Sarvasaha. Material nature has the gunas and we have our karma. And the result is uh, our experiences in the material nature. But then there is a possibility of waking up. You wake up in your spiritual consciousness, spirit soul, then gross body, subtle body, both will become meaningless. Yeah, Hare Krishna. Uh, that thing was promoted that so, yeah. 
also uh, it is we were reading so in scriptures it says when you commit suicide then you it's sinful and it's possible you can get a ghostly body so Prabhupada was talking about the sati that when the woman used to follow the husband so isn't that like a, a sinful activity how is it it's not really vedic is it vedic or is it a sinful activity or because you get a ghostly body if you do suicide. No. Ghostly body, you see, like consider, uh, like <clears throat> a person who is, you know, committing suicide due to intense pain, right, intense suffering. Then what happens? This body is suffering. And it is material na nature's arrangement that the body should go through this suffering condition. And you are rejecting that arrangement. You are going against material nature. Right? Whereas being a sati, a person due to uh, a woman, due to her intense attachment to her husband, uh, she wants to follow her husband wherever he is going. Good and bad is ultimately a consideration of the scripture. Right? If the scripture approves something, then it's good. Now here we consider, uh, he is not, she is not giving up her body because of the punishment of the nature. Right? The material body is suffering is a punishment condition. So he is trying to get rid of that condition. Material nature says, go through this. Right? This is your karma. And he says, no, no, I won't. So he tries to escape. So when, you see, the, say, just consider a justice system for your crime awarded you some punishment. But then you escape. Then what the justice system do will do to you? More punishment. More punishment. <laughs> right. That's what happens with the ghost. A sinful people becoming ghost. But a sati following her husband, who is an exalted personality, right? <clears throat> wants to follow and she gives up her body not because of the body is going through some punishment. A woman's duty is to follow the husband. This is the nature's arrangement. Uh, two souls come together right, and become husband-wife. It is nature's arrangement and therefore they want to continue together, right? So uh, she follows the husband. <coughs> you see the difference? You don't see the difference? I think that she can use her body for a higher principle, like she can use her body for Krishna. Okay, good. That's a good point. Uh, if you, there are two considerations here. If the husband is a devotee of Krishna and he is going back to Krishna, then wife takes the opportunity 
Okay, I'll also go with him. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is one consideration. The other consideration is, if she thinks that by staying on I can render more service to Krishna, then she can stay on. It's up to her. <laughs> like an example is Madri and Kunti. Yeah. Yeah. Right? When Pandu died, both of them wanted to follow. But Madri pleaded that you are the elder one and you have three sons, therefore you should stay back. And it's because of me that he left his body. Uh, so his desire remained unfulfilled. So let me follow him. Right? And finally Kunti agreed, okay, you know, we have, these are Krishna's devotees, I have to take care of them, so I'll stay back. Alright. So, uh, Maharaj, I was just thinking when you were speaking about, uh, like you were rejecting uh, material nature, that you were bound to suffer and you were rejecting this and that's why you were committing suicide. So for Sati also I was feeling that Krishna has arranged the death of your husband in such a way that you will be suffering eternally, like not eternally, at least for that lifetime in separation. But Krishna also arranged that you should be together. <laughs> Two souls should be together, so the other soul is fallen. They'll always be together, it means. Always in the sense, until they go back to the spiritual sky. Uh, generally, uh, it is said that uh, I mean, in perfect condition, in perfect situation. The soul also uh, has a kind of connection to other souls. Mm. And they continue like that. What if the husband is not a devotee? <laughs> <laughs> and that was being practiced that he was... Good, very good point. If the husband is not a devotee, but if the wife is devotee, then she thinks that let me go with him and <laughs> help him. <laughs> Maybe now he has some chance. So Prahlad Maharaj also said that, you know, he said, eventually he said, I want to stay back till the last food is delivered in the mood of preaching. So now, as the followers of Srila Prabhupada, to please him, we also try to take up the role and preach and then share and then invite to home and then so many things we do. You know, I'm talking for myself, sitting in Vasas and even the class, talking to the people. I may not have the realization yet, but sometimes I speak. So it also said, when you speak, you're responsible for actions. So when I say, but other people may follow it, I'm trying to follow it. For example, if I'm not following it, so test comes. So because he said, telling to so many people, now it's test for you, you also act on it, and then you have to give the expectation. So now during that process, so since it's, <coughs> as I started the journey, come with a lot of baggage in the past. So different propensities and thoughts and desires. So now, these two like oil and water, but somehow or other since serving the Guru and Guru's mercy and Krishna uh, mission, so there are some mistakes too happens. So it says like, you know, uh, to become a famous doctor, you have to kill somebody on the day first. 
So now in this process, we try to break somebody's feelings and heart and then emotions. Eventually, the emotion, uh, maturity will grow, we'll get there, but through the process, the relationship, like, you know, make a bit taller. So, in that situation, I also uh, heard that Krishna also withdraw the mercy when you keep committing offenses. But that means it's okay. I should not speak. I should not tell anybody. I just practice myself. So there's other danger of it. So like, you know, I don't want to talk. I just want to practice at home. Otherwise, if you don't speak, you'll be better off, but you don't, you don't cook. But if you preach and share, the test comes. There's always other danger. So where do we draw the line? You see, especially in this age, you know, Kirtan, Sankirtan is the way that is preaching. Just as there is devotion in sadhana stage, right, practicing stage, so this also becomes a part of our sadhana, going out and preaching even though we may not have perfect realization. Mm. But going out and preaching is helping us to become more fixed up and more realized. When you're preaching, maybe you're just saying things that you heard from the other devotees or read from Prabhupada's books. You speak. Mm. The benefit will be there. Because you are giving, say for example, the doctor may not be completely aware of the effect of the medicine. But he got the report that for this disease, this medicine will work. Right? He may not be completely, he may not have completely understood, but because of his faith on the report, he gives that medicine. Will the medicine work? So our preaching is something like that. Even though we say it without proper realization, still it will have its benefit. Mm. Mm. What about the other part of the test, test part of it? Huh? What about the other part of the... The death part? Death, test. The test comes. When test. Eventually the test comes where I have to act also one day. And then I fail the test most of the time. Okay, that's something like, <clears throat> okay, you saw it worked. Did your faith increase on the medicine? Did the doctor's faith increase on the medicine? Oh, you know, the report is correct. Right? So then, you know, like he opens the report and goes deeper into it. Right? And this is how his conviction for the process becomes stronger and stronger. Similarly, uh, the taste, what, you know, the taste will come only when the, the, the positive effect, only when you administer the wrong medicine. Then the test will come. The patient may go and report to the justice department hire a lawyer, right? In America it's a very common thing. You give the wrong medicine. Hmm. But if you give the right medicine, then nobody is going to go to the court. 
right? And you are not going to be subjected to any punishment. Rather, you'll be rewarded. Hmm. The test is only when, <clears throat> you know, uh, only when you administer the wrong, hmm, the wrong medicine. And as you are saying that you are not practicing it yourself. It's all right. It's in the you are in the it's in the sadhana bhakti stage. It's not that we have to do everything with perfect realization. Like you know, how many of us do we really know the effect of deity worship? But still, we are telling people worship deities. Attend Mangalaratik, come to the temple. Right? Because we have faith in the instructions. We may not be realized with the deity the effect of deity worship. But because it has been prescribed in the scriptures, we are accepting it. We are promoting it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Maharaj, this material world has 14 planetary systems, right? Yeah. So does the gross body exist only on the planet Earth or anywhere? No, no. Everywhere in the material nature. So as, as this verse said, that every living entity in this material nature has these two bodies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, the gross body also, so soul gets gross body also mm -hmm. along with subtle body when, when it goes to the <coughs> yeah, system. Yeah, okay. yeah. Now we hear rumors that the, the, for example, the bodies of uh, in Brahma Loka are made of mind. Is are extremely subtle. The predominating factor is mind. Just as here, the predominating factor of a body is water. Our body is a watery body. Mm. So this is how uh, the predominating factor is the criteria. But gross body and subtle body, both the bodies, everybody has. Maybe very little gross aspect. Like with a tree, very little subtle aspect. Mm. Similarly, the higher bodies uh, has very much subtle aspect, very little gross aspect. And the less gross aspect, you know, more, you know, uh, is, uh, is the faculty. Like consider, like if we have very little gross body, then won't it be easy to move faster? Uh, the mind, now, the mind has to drag the gross body. <laughs> right? Mind wants something and the gross body to cope up with that, you know. It's a big struggle. But if the gross aspect is very little, then it can practically move with the speed of the mind. Yeah. Okay, I think there is some question on the internet. Um, so, uh, Mukunda Hari is asking, uh, does the subtle body also go back to the spiritual sky with the soul after it is transformed? No, as I mentioned, as I had been explained, I don't know how for how long you have been listening to the class Mukunda Hari. At the beginning of the class, I pointed out that the subtle body has to be spiritualized. Subtle body spiritualized means there is no subtle body. 
is the spirit soul. Hmm. Or very little subtle aspect. Very little subtle aspect. It's all spiritual. So no, point, uh, so answer to your question, Mukundahari, is that the, uh, neither the gross body or the subtle body will go to the spiritual world. It is the pure spirit soul that will go to the spiritual world. Seva Padma Devidas is asking, when the soul leaves the body, um, still the organs function for some time and sometimes people want to donate the organs. Does a person get karma uh, for giving or taking organs? And what is Prabhupada's instruction for devotees in this matter? Hmm. Yeah. The, you see, when the soul leaves the body, then all the functions of the body stops. Hmm. And uh, it is, um, you know, then only the organs are taken. But the decaying of the organ did not really start. So that's why the organs are more, you can say, intact. Uh, but after the body leaves, soul leaves, the organ starts to decompose. Hmm. So that's, that is the thing, like the organs are not really uh, functioning, organs are not really active anymore. When the soul leaves the body, all the functions of the body, all the functions of the organs stops. Then only these organs are taken out of the body and uh, transplanted, preserved and transplanted. Okay, as you asked Prabhupada's uh, comment on that, uh, you see, Prabhupada's comment is purely Vedic comment, Vedic understanding. And the Vedic understanding is that uh, this uh, donation of organ and uh, using of organs other from other bodies is not, uh, is not desirable. Mm. Because, you know, this body has a specific duration by arrangement of material nature. So when the body has to die, it is an arrangement of material nature, so accept it. Mm. Accept the law of the material nature. Why get into all these very ghastly arrangements, transplanting the organs to extend the stay in this material nature? Like in simple words we can say that when you know that instead of an old garment, you are going to get a new one. What are you going to do? When you know that you are going to get a new garment, then why won't stick to this worn out, you know, dilapidated old garment? Hmm. Rather, won't you rejoice that, okay, let me go and get a new For one? For service, okay, I mean, and my, but don't make it an excuse. What if you can render better service in a new body? Just a moment. So, so the point actually is that the, you know, although in some cases it can be done, in some special cases, like the body is good, body is, you know, young one organ has become defective. In such cases, yes, you can do that. 
But the person is already dead, almost dead, <laughs> dead. <laughs> Why, you know, pump in a new, I mean, sort of put in a new organ to make this body be alive for a little longer? Uh, like, uh, and ultimately it's all, be, you know, all these things are going on simply for enjoying this material nature. They want to prolong their stay not for the service of Krishna. They are trying to prolong their stay here just to have more fun. Uh But the thing is that if you really want to have more fun, then just become a devotee of Krishna. Uh You'll have a lot of fun in this life and you'll have even greater fun in next life. (laughs) So that is the real preparation. Not just some artificial arrangement uh, like that. And uh, another consideration is, you see, during Prabhupada's time, this was not a very common practice. When Prabhupada was on this planet, the transplantation of organs was not a very common thing. But it has become very common now. And see, all, all kinds of sinful activities are going on in because of this, because it's a big business. Nowadays in the medical science, hmm, transplanting organs is a big business. And what is happening? I mean, in India, the doctors have been caught. They're getting, you know, poor people. Sometimes, you know, they're, I mean, they're getting and giving them some money to donate their organs. Sometimes they are even kidnapping people, killing them and taking their organs and selling them in different countries. Um, so, uh, another question from uh, Seva Padma. Um, she's asking, uh, but when we hear, she says she's t- sort of relating back to the discussion about uh, Sati and uh, um, sort of the wife, position of the wife. Um, so when we hear Jiva's real relation is with uh, Krishna, where does the hu- husband come into all this? Um, all relations for this material world, uh, <laughs> you know, are meant to all relations for this world. Why wife has to go with her husband? Yeah, good point. Very good point. The thing is, you see, these uh, sati and other arrangements are in the Karmakanda section of the Vedas. They are not in the devotional. But what I was actually trying to point out, to justify the Vedic concept. But yes, you know, your ultimate relationship is with Krishna. And for the sake of Krishna, what to speak of being sati, you can dump your husband even in this life. Provided your husband is not a devotee. <laughs> yes, you have a question? No, I. Um, so some like um, people wait for their eyes, like they cannot do normal day to day operation because of eyes, and eye donation is a big thing in India and everywhere. So that was my question. You know, like another thing is that, you see, okay, good good point, you see, uh, yeah, it's a very good point. 
that uh, donating different organs are becoming a very common practice. Now let us go back to the process of burning the body uh, right after death. You know what happened? Why do they do that? Because just in case the living entity has some attachment to this body, he'll have it. Dif- he'll have difficulty to go to his next destination. Right, and that's why the system is burn the body. And you know what is the Vedic custom? If the person dies during the daytime, before sunset, the body should be burnt. If the person dies at night, before sunrise, the body should be burnt. Right? Now that is the Vedic understanding. Get rid of this body. Get rid of the attachment to the body as soon as possible. Because some attachment is there. If that attachment remains, then the person may become a ghost. Now consider like the part of the body, what to speak of burning it, now it is transplanted into somebody else's body. (laughs) Now we are running a big risk. That the person will probably after death will say, I made such a mistake. Like why this guy is using my eyes? (laughs) Haunt him. (laughs) Try to get the eyes out of him. And that's how the ghosts haunt actually. Uh, in this verse you read, Shri uh, Prabhupada quotes the Dirastatra Namuyat. And you were saying one time, I, I remember your uh, Prabhupada, you started crying when Prabhupada said, and Prabhupada said, didn't I te- teach you that uh, we are not this body or something? Is it? Uh, hmm. So, <coughs> The question which we were discussing is that Abhimanyu died and uh, Arjun already had heard the Bhagavad Gita and with your experience. So how how do we understand actually is it lamenting on the or is it because he was a devotee that's why it is... Uh, you see the thing is that <coughs> the momentary emotional reactions are they going to be there maybe there right living entities are you know endowed with the emotions the knowledge is there but sometimes the emotions will prevail but that doesn't mean that he will dwell in the emotion all the time then the knowledge will come and he'll become situated in the proper consciousness. Mm. So if knowledge is there, then some, something. Yeah. So the, you see, like, you know, one may become overwhelmed with emotion. But then, you know, as the as you become situated in knowledge, Hare Krishna, as you become situated in knowledge, then he'll become peaceful again, composed again. Well, the thing is here we have to understand it's natural that the father will feel uh, for the loss of the son. You know, that's what I mean. Like this is emotion. And you know, we are, you know, conscious beings with our emotions. 
So sometimes there will be a display of emotion, but that doesn't mean, you know, that we are not situated in knowledge. And then when the knowledge, again, one, you know, one is overwhelmed with emotion, but then he assesses it with knowledge, and then he is, over, he is able to overcome the emotion. Same question. Like in this case, the knowledge should be overtaken, right? The emotion should be suppressed by the knowledge. Yeah. But then again, you know, like we are dealing with human beings. We are not dealing with a stone. Right? Mm. But, you know, I'm, I mean, another thing is, you see, Mahabharata is a drama. Krishna, you know, like Arjun and all the roles, they're playing their role in a drama. And in drama, you know, to make it exciting, you know, all kinds of emotions are there. But I have seen with our, with our devotees, how they overcome emotion. I had a very, very remarkable experience, very memorable incidents once, experience once. That was in 1977. Srila Prabhupada was in Vrindavan and I was serving Srila Prabhupada. One of the devotees, uh, he was actually from, I think someone from South America. You know, he had a little son, he had a little daughter. And she was so cute, you know, everybody was so fond of her and, you know, she was, you know, in the temple and those, you know, like when the children are there naturally, you know, people become fond of them and... And then one day, you see, they had, they had a, a bottle of quinine you know, quinine, ma ma malaria medicine. Uh, it, I think it was uh, something like chloroquine or some quinine. You know, quinine is the medicine for malaria. That's, what you, that's how you pronounce it, yeah? Quinine? Quinine. Quinine. Okay, in America they... Anyway. <laughs> so... Uh, that's why I asked because in India we used to call it also quinine, but in America they call it quinine. Quinine. So anyway, so this girl swallowed a few pills of quinines, you know, just like that, and she died. And it was so so shocking. Even I was so much affected, you know, because she, you know. She, I mean, I used to have some interactions with her and and to see her all of a sudden dead, you know, like it's so painful. But then I saw her mother totally unaffected. 
and it was so shocking, you know, because I was at that time a new devotee and I used to think, I used to see that how the mothers get affected when the child dies. I have seen mothers, you know, wailing, you know, for days together, you know, like for when they lost the child. And here, you know, the mother was normal, you know. And then I realized that it is because of her Krishna consciousness that she is not at all affected. Because she knows that this was not her daughter. This was Krishna's servant. <coughs> so I mean, with, I have seen in Krishna consciousness simple devotees, you know, display such detachment. So what to speak of Arjun? Okay. Thank you all very much. All glories to Srila.